From Studio 102 in the scenic BBG Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast for the team at BioRidge Global, where we're working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm this week's host, David King, with the East Texas Nasal Twang, and with us today is Amanda Lozano, who works for me, literally in my <laughs> office, because we don't have anywhere for her to sit. Welcome. Hey, what's up? Long time no see. Long time no see, right? <laughs> so so I always ask people, the first thing that I ask them, usually on the podcast, when we are talking about a specific topic, is where are you from? Me? Okay. I am... Yeah, yeah we're talking about you right here. Behind. It's so hard to talk about myself. So I'm Amanda Lozano. I am actually f- born and raised in San Antonio. I'm from the west side of San Antonio. Real proud of that. And where'd you go to school? I went to Edgewood Fine Arts Academy. We were the last. Okay, for any of you Edgewood people out there, I was the last graduating Red Raider. Well, not the last, the last class, last graduating. Last class. I mean, there were probably people beyond L in the uh, the graduating (laughs) class, right? So, and, And from there, where did you go? Oh, my gosh. I've done all kinds of things. I went to SAC. I went to Palo Alto. I went to I went to our Lady of the Lake for a little tiny bit. I've just been everywhere when it came to college. I was under that 10-year degree plan. And where did, where did, where did the 10-year degree plan finally wind up? Texas A&M San Antonio. And how was that experience? You know, it was, it was fun. It was definitely interesting. I did a lot of fun things there. Including... I was actually the, I started off as an assistant editor and then became the editor-in-chief for the year. It's their publication called The Mesquite. So you were you were the editor-in-chief of the student publication? Oh, I definitely. And yes. what was that like? Ooh, well, let's just say it was like having a whole bunch of rebellious teenager, older, you know, family members that just refuse to listen to what you say. <laughs> that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. So, you know, when, when you came to interview with us, you talked a lot about how you really were interested in being a writer. What was sort of the impetus for that? Well, I love to read. I mean, I'm horrible at math, horrible at sports, not athletic in the slightest. Growing up, I loved to read. I loved to write stories I'd always get the perfect score on the tax. I am that old toss test. I'm showing my age here. I would get the perfect scores in writing and reading. They would use my writing, my stories as examples when they would do kind of the testing, the standardized testing. And they're like, this is the perfect story. Those would be mine. I was always good at reading and kind of literature, English, things like that. And that... That often leads you into wanting to be a writer, right? It does. That's it sort really of, does. That's, that's my story. That's that's several people I know's kind of stories. You 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 read and then you want to write and you write all kinds of topics and somehow in my case I wound up at the newspaper business. In your case, you wound up in all kinds of different businesses, oh, including gosh. the newspaper business, right? Oh gosh, yes. Newspaper was my favorite though. And where did you work in a newspaper? I worked at La Prensa de San Antonio. Which was that was the only Spanish publication here in San Antonio. And I was actually working when Mr. Luran, Mr. Tino Luran was the kind of the publisher, the head honcho. So. And you apparently were the last editor of La Prensa too, right? Well, officially I was the last editor and it was, it was so weird how it happened really. So it, so, you know, you, you do reporting, you kind of do stories. 
Some story that happens every once in a while is San Antonio College has an art gallery and Cheech Marin comes to town and he shows off all his Chicano art. And I was interviewing Cheech Marin. I know it's so weird. One day you're interviewing him and he's saying all this stuff and it's such a cool story. You come out with the paper and all your reporters did awesome, amazing stories. It was just this fantastic paper and we got that awful call in the office and Nina came in and said, I got to talk to you all. It was just like from that day to the next, just shut down. And then I had people, actually I had um, one of the business reporters, what was his name? Danner actually called me and he was like, and he was trying to kind of try to get a statement out of me. And I'm like, I know your stories, reporters. I do the same thing. I got no comment. I loved it though. (laughs) It was... It was really sad. We legitimately all started crying. I'm and sure. I'm sure because it was a passion one. It was, it was like a family. It really was. La Prensa was just, oh my gosh, wonderful place, wonderful people, just amazing. Small newspapers are that way. Well, mm-hmm. I started out at smaller newspapers at the New Braunfels Herald Zeitung. That is so cool. And it was a very small group, including my my wife, who we're still together after all these years. <laughs> But a very small little group of people. I mean, you know, two photographers, a features editor, an editor, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a small group and it was like a family. Mm-hmm. So I can really understand that feeling. So there are some other things that, that you're involved with as well oh. that, that, you know, we, we, we found out when you, when you applied. And, and, you know, part of it is your email address. Oh, hardy, har, har. <laughs> yeah. So I play in a mariachi group. I'm actually a guitarron player in a group called Mariachi Las Coronelas, and those are a whole bunch of girls, all female ensemble, which is kind of rare. Not in San Antonio, it's not rare because there's a whole bunch of girl groups. But, you know, in mariachi in general, you know, it's kind of a more machista sort of thing. So an all-female group is kind of like, you know, feminism, power. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And, and how did you get started? With mariachi? Yes. Oh, long story. So I got into mariachi because, again, I'm from the west side of town. And I live over there by Our Lady of the Lake, towards going towards downtown, you know, when I say it's General McMullen and Commerce. There's a little Catholic church there called St. Jude. And my mother and my uncle and my grandpa were all in the choir. My mom sang, my uncle plays the instrument I'm playing, the guitarron, and my grandpa played guitar. And they were all in the church choir. And somehow my uncle was saying, I'm getting a little old. I need to find somebody that's going to replace. That was me. So. And how old were you? Ooh, I, was in high, I was probably 16 or 17 years old. Wow. So it was, you weren't a little bitty kid when you started. No, I was not. A lot of kids start mariachi now. It's in school now. So a lot of people kind of start it younger, middle school. I was already old. So... Your group, the Las Coronelas, have been many different places to play, right? Oh my gosh, I've I've played. I mean, just last week we were in Austin for some concert. Austin, so, ugh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Coronelas has been everywhere. But Coronelas is kind of the new group I'm in. I've jumped around with many different groups in my wonderful, massive, bloated mariachi timeline. I mean, I've played with Flor de Toloache in New York. They're a female group up in New York. So by the way, so mariachi is kind of, you know, like I said, feminism. But then when girls play that big, giant guitar, not many girls want to play that. 
So you're kind of in demand, <laughs> right? So I. So, so yeah. you're in demand. Yeah, you can be in demand if you play well enough. You know, other people start looking at you. You know, I've had other girls kind of like, "You're Amanda. You're from San Antonio. You play guitar." I'm like, "Huh?" You know, we keep an eye on each other. So you you get a lot of opportunity. I've played in New York with um, Florida Toloache. We've traveled all over. We were in Mexico. We toured all over the nation here. I mean, I was in, I was in where? California, Arizona, just pretty much all the states, just touring with, you know, girl mariachi group that wore pants. I mean, I've played in Canada, I've played in Mexico, I've played all over the nation. It's just insane, the opportunities that mariachi gave me. And you've seen a lot of, you know, you've seen a lot of North America, it sounds like. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's, it's insane how just, you know, going up north, people drive and they're driving for two hours and suddenly they're in another state and you're here in Texas and I still haven't even got to Corpus. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and and what are you doing now? Are you playing much now? Okay, so <laughs> I do actually play. At, right after this podcast, I'm going to go do some work and pick up some mariachi girls and we're driving to Spring ba Branch for a show. So I come and I work with David here full-time during the week, you know, we chase you all down for your stories. And then the weekend, I'm playing mariachi. You're busy then. Oh, gosh, I'm always busy. You're, so. you're young. You can handle it. Mm, for now, yeah. <laughs> so so tell people just a little bit about about what we're doing in our, in our little crowded, little cramped office oh up gosh. there. I'm having the most fun here. So David is like this master, just he's like the master curator of all things BioBridge Global. He's got books and CDs and like pictures and just archives of all this history leading up to our 50 years here at BioBridge Global. And we've been working just researching just things like our founding fathers, just, you know, how the blood bank started, where we were at, Winnebago's, just everything you can think of under the sun. We're researching it because we want to have some really good history, you know, tidbits, facts. I mean, we've even seen collaborations with the Spurs from the 70s, Church's Chicken. Like, it's just so cool, the things you find in this history. And that's something we're working on, you know, trying to hype you all up for the 50th, because there's some really cool things out there. Yeah, I was I was thrilled that you were interested in history, because I couldn't oh, have gosh, done all this yeah. research myself. <laughs> I do love history. And this is, you know, and I'm not kidding about all the junk that's in the office there's there. There's like there. there's like eight boxes of photo albums and three boxes of CDs that are mm -hmm. spilling all over everywhere and loose photos and <laughs> loose photo albums. And it's just but but you have to do that kind of thing when you're researching 50 mm -hmm. years almost from scratch. You have to mm -hmm. you have to make a little mess to get it done, right? I'm not helping with that mess at all. <laughs> it's yeah, just when you go in there, it's just papers and newspapers and everything everywhere. So sorry for that. <laughs> it's it's quite all right. I, as long as we're getting the work done, that's what matters, right? right? Hey, it's good. All right. Well, thanks for coming over here to Studio <laughs> 102. It's always fun. It always is. And. Uh, We'll have more fun in the next few months, right? <laughs> we are going to be very busy, guys. Come see us. If you have any little bit of history, any really cool stories, you know, that you want to share with us, oh, my gosh, please bring them. I want to meet you all and just write your stories and be out there for you all because that's what we're here for. We're, we are your storytellers. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Speaking of storytellers, 
Executive producers of the Hearts Fire podcast are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. The producer is Heather Hughes. Our director is Angelica Sandoval, with technical assistance from Matthew Flores, who comes over here and fixes the, the sound every once in a while. Then we edit that big clanking door out. <laughs> the Hearts of Fire logo is designed by Roberto Esquivel. If you have an idea for the Hearts of Fire podcast, if you would quit coming in that big noisy door there, if you would like to be the host and not have to listen to this East Texas twang anymore, email us, heartsoffire at org. And thanks for listening.